I opened my restaurant because cooking over an open fire was my thing. Scratch made cobbler, totally my thing. But spreadsheets and payroll, just not my thing. Regents helps business owners keep up the good work and simplify the other work with business checking account options and time-saving cash management tools. More time doing my thing works for me. For tools and services to help you keep up the good work, switch to Regents at regents.com slash smallbusiness. Regents Bank, member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel, it's time for Gwinnett Business Radio. Gwinnett Business Radio is presented by Regents Bank. Brave the beginning. Member FDIC. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Gwinnett Business Radio. Mike Salmon alongside Stephen Julian, and we are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel and this show is proudly presented by Regions Bank. Stephen, good morning. How are you? I am better than I deserve. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. Our guests today are Michael Zellickson. He's with Regions Bank and also Seth Elrod with Platinum Cargo Logistics. But before we go to them, I am fascinated this morning by, Stephen, your new pen, which weighs about five pounds. It does not weigh five pounds. You might want to go to a doctor about it's that. It's the heaviest pen I've ever lifted in my life. Where did you get that thing? So I have become, in the last few months, a little bit of a pen snob. I've, I've been looking for uh, outlets, and uh, I've been trying fountain pens and ballpoint <laughs> pens and other pens, and I found a tactical pen. They were put out by Atomic Bear, uh, and it's it. It, uh, I have two of them. Another one is in the style of what the OSS used to give their agents back uh, in World War II. And the idea was you couldn't take weapons into certain places, but the pen would be a tactical pen. It could actually be used as a weapon. And so it has to have a little bit of heft. So that's a lethal weapon right there that you uh, have. It, well, it, if in the right hand, certainly not mine. But it has, a, it has a tip on the other end that could technically break glass if you needed it to. It also has various ways that you can use it. And, and it's a great pen, and it feels really good, and I like the way it feels when I write. <laughs> so thanks for making fun of me. Have you, I'm not making Although I'm I asking found questions. I'm enjoying the historical. Have you had to it. break glass recently? No, I have not. So, but okay. if I needed to, I have a pen. And, and besides, it's a great conversation starter, like it did on this show. But you know what I'm going to do? I know our audience actually wants to hear our guests. So I'm going right. to let you segue out of this I, I nice will. historical fact. And Be I'm going to take good notes with my tactical pen. Because most listeners don't have $25 to spend on a pen. I didn't. I, wasn't necessarily $25. You stumbled there. I think you spent $25 on that pen. All right. Uh, our first guest will be Michael Zellickson with Regents Bank uh, Capital Marketing. Uh, he is the managing director. Uh, Michael, welcome to the shenanigans. Thank you very much. Good morning. <laughs> great, to, great to have you. Regents Bank, we are, are proudly supported by Regents Bank here on Gwinnett Business Radio. So I think a lot of our listeners already are familiar with the bank. But give us a, a, a quick overview from 10,000 feet away. Certainly. Um, Regions Bank, we're a you know, retail, commercial, and, and corporate bank across, I think it's 16 states. There's something like 1,500 retail locations. Um, I specifically sit in our capital markets group that's based here in, in Atlanta and in Charlotte. When people talk about Regions Bank and your, your footprint, I'd just like to say it's SEC country. Because down here in the southeast, people understand SEC country, so you cover all of that. But uh, explain in layman's terms, if you don't mind, what you do for regions. Yeah, so I sit on the, uh, my broader teams called financial risk management. We work with clients um, and help them with 
hedging um, of foreign exchange, interest rates, and commodities. And my specific focus is helping companies with foreign exchange risks, um, either hedging or payment-related international activity. Um, but a lot of times when people hear foreign exchange, they, they think of an individual sitting in the airport exchanging physical cash for, for travel. Um, that is a type of foreign exchange, but it's not specifically what I do. I'm working with uh, businesses here in Gwinnett and throughout our, our footprint, um, corporate clients or commercial clients that have some sort of international activity, buying or selling uh, goods and services, and we'll work with them to exchange currencies, most likely from, from U.S. dollar. Um, we're not working with, with hedge funds or anybody speculating. It's, it's purely to help com companies uh, manage risks associated with the business. If you could go a little deeper into that question, and the way I would ask it would be this. Uh, imagine that there's a small business owner who just got into a deal that is going to deal with foreign exchange. So it's kind of their first time. Yes. Uh, give a 60 to 120 second kind of overview of what you would explain to them of what they're going to need to know about how this stuff works. Absolutely. Well, working with a client locally here in Atlanta, um, they're in the software business for, for healthcare, um, and they work with hospitals and governments around the world, and they're, they're working with um, companies and hospitals in Norway, um, and they have not historically done business in local currency, and we talk about local currency, local currency in, in Norway, to make it easier on their clients to make payments to them not necessarily forcing U.S. dollars on, on their customer. Um, so we, we position it more as an ease for their client to um, pay for our U.S. company's services and simply as a way to budget for the expected revenues. Again, not nothing related to speculation, and it's a way to remove the risk. So both parties know how they know how many U.S. dollars they're going to receive, and their client knows how much and uh, Norwegian kroner that company is going to have to pay in that example. So it sounds like one, you know, a deal is made. You're working through that deal. It, you're not the the Atlanta-based company is not forcing the the foreign company to take dollars because Correct. the value of those dollars may go up and down over time. That's right. And you step in to help both parties kind of have a full expectation of what they're going to get back in dollars and what the uh, other company is going to have to pay in their local currency. Exactly. Oh, I did a good job explaining exactly. it. Let me write that down with my pen of how good that I did That tactical pen, so. pen of yours. Uh, Stephen used a small business in that example. What does your typical client base look like? Yeah, I mean, our client base could cross many different industries. Um, as I mentioned, you know, being SEC, Southeastern uh, Bank, we're going to run across uh, a lot of companies, let's say in the auto manufacturing business, a lot of suppliers to auto manufacturers. When we think of uh, Mercedes in, in Alabama, Nissan up in Tennessee, a lot of those suppliers are um, purchasing parts and goods from outside the United States. Work with a lot of uh, IT technology companies that might have a, an expense stream outside uh, the United States. Um, a lot of manufacturers, um, Legal firms could also have offices outside the United States, entertainment, travel, leisure. So you name an industry, this, for example, um, there, there could be companies that collect royalties for the music industry for maybe this podcast eventually internationally, and those royalties might be in other currencies and things like that. So, Wait a minute. Hang on, Mike. 
Did uh, did our guest Michael Zellickson just suggest that we can get royalties for this podcast? Why haven't we been doing that up to this point? We've been doing this show for eight years. We have yet to get paid. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, I, I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna ask the question. Um, you know, I, I kind of phrased the question of somebody who just gets started in in doing some foreign foreign deals. Let me ask a different question. Businesses that have been doing this for a while, but doing it with one of your unworthy competitors, let's say. Mm -hmm. Those are my words, not yours. Uh, what what are is there a way you guys handle this stuff that would be better than maybe some of your other competitors? Potentially, yes. And I'll, I'll kind of equate it back to the way Regions just approaches the market in, in general, very client-friendly, client relationship-oriented bank. Uh, a lot of institutions will say that, but they may not actually be. Um, but our size also allows us to be more nimble in um, explaining things to clients, being available to clients. Um, you know, a certain size entity doing transactions, I'm not gonna throw a number out there, but certain size transactions that may not be attractive to a larger institution um, because they don't foresee enough revenue related to that could be more attractive to somebody like Regions. And then on the back end, the operational side of things, um, you know, we got a great operations staff and the responsiveness. So it might be get. that if, uh, if I'm a small business owner and I'm working with a very small bank, they may not know they know just enough to be dangerous in this kind of realm and if i'm working with other type banks they i'm just a number and i notice that mm -hmm. in other areas but i could definitely notice it in capital markets and foreign exchange rates did yes. i did i say and again those are my words not yours so. yeah i mean <laughs> big bank capabilities small bank yeah. feels some of the small banks may not offer some of the solutions that we have and exactly the big banks may not pay attention. Uh, Michael, you talked about your, your typical client base and you gave an example earlier of what a small business might be able to expect, but is there a way you can maybe explain what a typical transaction looks like in your world and, and how our audience might relate to that? Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll use two other recent client examples because yesterday, and I know we'll probably get to it, there were some pretty good moves in lots of financial markets, including, including foreign exchange. Um, but one of a customer that purchases um, goods from the United Kingdom, they're an exclusive supplier um, or distributor for a UK product, something that goes into office buildings, security system turnstiles and things like that. Um, but with a move lower in British pound yesterday, they kind of, they came into us and took the opportunity to lock in the exchange rates to purchase inventory in the future essentially so because they're going to sell to their clients here in the united states and u.s u.s dollars and they want some predictability of the cost structure there um, a, a second example is with the manufacturing and even uh, nearshoring of uh, it services now in in mexico lots of clients that have cost structures in mexico um, you certainly could send u.s dollars to mexico that then leaves the fx risk on the end user, um, and they're going to most likely make a U.S. company pay for that. They'll, they'll embed additional costs to whatever you're purchasing um, from the United States if you're going to pay in U.S. dollars. So we talk a lot with clients on, on what we call dual invoicing, whether they're paying for ongoing services or maybe they're buying a, a new piece of equipment coming from uh, Europe or, in this example, Mexico. 
And again, it's simply just working with clients and making sure they understand there could be a cost savings paying in, in local currency. And again, all about budgeting back to U.S. dollars. We're always going to want to get the client back to U.S. dollars so they don't see the fluctuation um, if they're just paying in U.S. dollars as prices change outside the U.S. And Michael, you started the interview by uh, talking about uh, hedging and risk management around currency and exchange rates and things like that. Mm -hmm. Those two examples are great examples of kind of paying attention to the macro environment and going, hey, we might want to lock some things in here because of what just changed. Um, what are Can you explain, again, in layman's terms, some of the other things that you do specifically other than uh, based on what you're watching every day and, and what you're paying attention to and kind of the way the macro environment is going in terms of rates? Yeah, certainly. I mean, there are the clients that hedge, but then there's a large proportion of clients that do not hedge and they simply need to buy a good or service outside the U.S. or they're selling outside the U.S. and they simply need to do the transaction today. So they're just subjected to the uh, exchange rates at the moment. So a lot of our business is payment driven. Um, again, goods and services outside outside the U.S. And whether or not that client does it in U.S. dollars or foreign currency, again, we're going to talk with them and uh, discuss potential cost savings doing it in local currency. Um, I know Seth will be on a little later today in the logistics business. They might do business in dollars. They might do business in other currencies. Um, so just kind of having those those conversations and see what's more advantageous for so, our customer. So it's available to it's available if it's if there's a, an immediate need or a one time or a right. one off or this doesn't happen very often and I just need help navigating. But it's there's also that if 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 you're going to be doing this over time, there's some strategies we can do so that you don't just do it whenever. Oh, it's Tuesday. I got to do a transaction today. You can go, hey, plan it out, and and that's where that's where your strategy and the. So when you talk about hedging, it's kind of watching the macro environment and making sure that as best you can, your client gets the best advantageous pricing based on the exchange rates. Did right. I say that correctly? That's that's pretty accurate. I mean, that, again, they may or may not decide to to hedge. A lot of the conversations is just helping uh, folks understand. If you're doing business outside the United States, U.S. dollars, it may be the right way to do it, but it may not. And just know that there's a, another alternative to help mitigate risk for you. Whether or not you decide to hedge, it could just be a cost savings uh, thing as well. Our guest is Michael Zellickson. He's Managing Director with Regions Bank. And Regions Bank is a full-service provider of foreign exchange services. So, obviously, with COVID having been happening over the last year we know how it's affecting the the worldwide population and health wise when it comes to foreign exchange and currency how has COVID been affecting the world that you work in yeah certainly so i mean i guess we got to go back um to the march time frame of of last year and for most industries it was um you know risk off everybody was protecting what they had uh only doing transactions that were absolutely necessary uh, in the financial markets, a lot of flight to safety, as we call it, which in FX means U.S. dollar, Swiss franc, Japanese yen, really are the safe haven currencies. So you saw pretty drastic moves. Uh, we talked about pound and peso. Uh, I think those moved 10 and 25 percent, respectively, weaker against the U.S. dollar. And then, of course, as the reopening trade and, and vaccines and the such have come into play, um, we've seen commodities go drastically higher there's a push to travel push to purchase all sorts of goods and services um, and that's brought the 
dollar back back down and a lot of foreign currencies uh, drastically higher, if you will. A um, little bit of a change, you know, bringing it back to the, the present uh, from yesterday, U.S. Fed meeting kind of surprised uh, a little bit, a little more hawkish and the potential for U.S. rates to go higher uh, sooner than expected. So um, that actually in turn has moved um, the, the other direction because the dollar has been pretty, pretty weak of late, but it picked up pretty good percentages against um, several currencies. Again, Mexican peso, 3% move uh, weaker since yesterday, which is pretty drastic. So you'll see us reach out to a lot of names that may be active in certain currencies, buying and selling, try to prompt some additional um, savings and business with them. Stephen, would a cryptocurrency be considered foreign currency? No. Since most people don't understand it? No. No? Okay. Cryptocurrency. Is this why it's called a cryptocurrency because it's a cryptocurrency, not a foreign currency? But has, it has but no boundaries technically, and it's not a conversation that we're going to have today on the air. Mike. To a lot of people, don't make me hit right. you with my tactical pen yeah, yeah. on the air. Yeah, I'll be a lot nicer. Yeah, yeah fo- our listeners will notice that I'll be a lot nicer to Stephen moving forward from now on with that tactical pen of his. All right, would you please wrap up the interview with this fantastic guest that uh, we have? As we wrap things up, Michael, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining thank us. You. Any any final comments about the the macro environment or anything else about foreign exchange markets you want to mention? Or you can make s- comments about us and how you're locked in this room with us. And you know, anyway, I'm just kidding. No, I think uh, think we pretty much covered things. For those that would like to to reach out to you, maybe they have some questions. They're getting into the the, the international business or so forth. Uh, where do you recommend they go to maybe educate themselves and, and learn a little bit more about you and Regions Bank? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if, I mean, if you have a, a local relationship manager um, with Regions, then they certainly know how to um, loop me into the fold. Um, otherwise, we have a, a website on our Regions.com page, uh, Regions.com slash foreign exchange would be the best way. Great. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you coming in. And, of course, we, we appreciate uh, Regions being a part of Business Radio X as well. So great to finally meet you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And before we say goodbye, are you upset at me now, no, Stephen? No, goodness the, gracious. The look you just gave me. I just simply stared at you. I, I, I do want to say that the opinions expressed in this presentation are statements of the speaker's opinion, Michael's opinion, are intended only for informational purposes and are not formal opinions of nor binding on Regions Bank, its parent company, Regions Financial Corporation, and their subsidiaries. Did I say that right? No, it's subsidiaries. Yeah, I know. I couldn't say it right. And any representation to the contrary is expressly (laughs) disclaimed. I thought I'd do you a favor and read the disclaimer for you, but I wasn't doing much help there. Member FDIC. And before we get to our next guest, let's see if I can do this well. I want to remind everybody that uh, Gwinnett Business Radio does come to you live every week from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studios. Love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Enjoy big savings and a hassle-free experience at Subaru of Gwinnett where people sell cars. Visit SubaruofGwinnett.com and join their family today or come in and see the difference. If you're already a Subaruist, then make sure you check out their Facebook page and all their social media pages for the latest news, offers, and community events. Our next guest has not left Seth Elrod actually stuck around. I thought you might try to escape uh, I had during to Michael's him. interview there. Uh, yeah, I had to get up out of my chair. The pen scared, it, scared yeah. Well, you, Steve right? was sitting right in front of the door with the pen. That's so right. I sat <laughs> and just watched. See, now you know why I have a tactical pen. Exactly. It's all planned. Out it's so all part leave. of the strategy. Uh, Seth, you're the business development manager with a company called Platinum Cargo Logistics. Yes, so I am. So tell us all about your company, Platinum Cargo Logistics, and what you do. So at Platinum Cargo Logistics, we're a full-service freight forwarder. Uh, we do both 
international and domestic movement of, of freight and goods. Are you doing business with the regions, and if so, why not? Uh, I have not, but I have <laughs> I met Michael today, and so I, I was going to get his card right after this. There we go. Good answer. <laughs> But, uh, no, we have 17 locations throughout the U.S. headquartered in Denver, um, including that 17 locations is also Puerto Rico. Uh, but here in Atlanta, you know, we cover uh, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, both Carolinas. and uh, But we go beyond there, more of a uh, client relationship-based uh, than just necessarily territory. I've got clients in Tampa, New York, and then also out in Las Vegas. So, great answer. Of course, it's a great answer. It's your business, and you know what your business is. You use the phrase freight forwarder. So, as kind of a layman who doesn't understand everything about your industry, is there a difference between being a freight forwarder and being a shipping company like a UPS or a FedEx? What does a freight forwarder do specifically? Sure. So, I guess you first have to start off with the term 3PL, just third-party logistics. We're not asset-based. Uh, Freight, which includes freight forwarders and brokers. Uh, freight forwarders have the capability to do international shipment, where brokers do just domestic. Okay. Uh, what's unique about us here in Atlanta is that we do about 60% shipping that's domestic, and then also the rest of 40 is, is, is makes up an international. Uh, the needle's moving a little bit closer to the 50% mark, which is kind of where we want to have it. Um, also, we operate a lot differently um, than brokers. Um, a freight forwarder, we have a lot more um, networks at our disposal, uh, other service line items that a broker wouldn't have access to. And then also, uh, by law, we have to carry insurance on every single shipment that we perform. Okay. So your logistics company, you're moving things from point A to point B to point C and point D. And then back to point A sometimes. Sometimes back to point A. <laughs> what types of things would you be moving around? Oh, well, you Anything How much time everything. do we have? Yeah, right? I mean, it could be anything. <laughs> Maybe and everything. it'd be easier to say what you're not moving. Exactly. So, you know, anything um, that gets manufactured, um, manufacturers are a great bread and butter for me. Um, you know, if you take a, for example, Stevens Pen, um, that had to get to his hands. Mm-hmm. So, where it was manufactured, um, then the warehouse, and that goes along with it. And then the end, by the time it gets to the end user, there's a lot of touching, you know, change of hands that goes along with that. Uh, but it could be anything from audiovisual, um, computer, IT, hardware, um, and then also live events. If you take an a, a example of uh, the trade show industry, um, music festivals, um, all that has to get there, and it has to get there on time. And if it doesn't get there on time, you probably won't have that business anymore. So, uh, so your your clients are mostly the businesses who are having those products, whether they're manufactured products or, or let's t- say the live event, and you work with them to get their product, whether it's through a normal ship, whether it's through your shipping or using a, a third party. Uh, but you're also kind of housing those products. So if I'm a, if I'm a company that, that's manufacturing, I don't want to build my own warehouse. I can use your space. Is that basically what you're saying? Absolutely. Um, so we actually just expanded again uh, our warehouse, which is right next to the airport. Uh, oh, we nice. went from 135 beginning of this year up to 400,000 square foot. Uh, but also we have a great network throughout the U.S. So those locations you were yeah, talking about. Exactly. So take an uh, example for you know live events. So uh, I've got a client we just started working with. Uh, been after him for a couple of years. Of course, last year happened. Live events were, you know, went went down a little while, uh, but they're actually they're they're coming back and they're coming yep. back very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did the event over in Tampa. Um, excuse me, down in Miami, and then after the show in Miami, we have to warehouse it because then the show is happening in Tampa uh, next week. So you know, in between that time, does it make sense to take this product, go all the way back to Las Vegas, and then bring it all the way back to Tampa? Interesting. Oh, so. Uh 
it's interesting. I think I think what you do is something that most people don't think about until something right. goes wrong, <laughs> right? And then it's like, what the heck happened? Um, what uh, so because it's kind of unseen, I would say if if we polled people on the street, hey, give me some third party logistics companies. Most people would go first of all, what is third party logistics? And I, you know, they don't know what that means or who those competitors are. So. I assume you're not the only one that does it. So what sets you guys apart? What makes you different from some of your competitors? Well, that's a great question, and it kind of ties into what you said is like, until something goes wrong. Well, in logistics, it's never a question of if. It's always a question of when. Yeah. So when something goes wrong, um, you know, how is it handled? Um, the people that are on my team, they make my life so easy um, because they're already handling it before I even have to get involved. Um, and it goes to, I call it the different ages of men. We had the Middle Ages, Stone Age, and now we're in the age of communication. Um, our general manager, Brian, um, here in Atlanta, he says that 90% of customer service is just communicating. You know, there's always an end user. Everybody has a customer that they have to answer to or a boss. So if something's going to be delayed and you have labor tied into that, you know, you kind of want to know <laughs> instead of having 17 guys stand around there to be paid by the hour. Yeah. Our guest is Seth Elrod with um, Platinum Cargo Logistics. And you think of the logistics business, Seth, and you think it's, okay, big cargo being moved around. It's a very masculine industry. But your company was actually founded by a woman. So talk a little bit about, about her and the history. Oh, absolutely. So this was 17 years ago. Um, Dana Bomar, she's been in the industry for uh, a very long time. And um, her and a couple others um, founded uh, Platinum Cargo Logistics um, in Denver. And uh, she is just a, a fantastic, wonderful woman. Um, she's a great leader. Um, she was just um, uh, put onto the Forbes 50 over 50 of women leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, she's having dinner, I believe, this week with a lot of people that uh, Kamala Harris and also uh, Nancy Pelosi are involved in that. So any uh, industry or, or woman leader that made that list, she's on there. Um, just a great person. I'd love to have her on the show if she comes down to Atlanta. Uh, introduce all Let's make that happen for yeah. sure. Yep. We, uh, I will, I will not have my tactical pen in the studio that day. That's a guarantee. <laughs> um, so, uh, one question I wanted to ask is, uh, you've, you've kind of touched on the expansion, um, touch on what that's meant for the location, the region here in Atlanta and, and kind of what's around the corner. What's next? I mean, you, you went from a hundred and some thousand square feet to 400,000. Uh, how quick will it take to fill that up? What are some of the other regions you guys are looking to grow in? Just uh, let me let you uh, cast the vision for the future. Sure. As far as to say to fill it up, you know, space is always in flux. Uh, but we actually started putting material in there within one week. You know, it, we already had lanes established, um, brought business in. And so it's, it's been working out wonderful for us. The next step is to open up the next locations. Our ultimate goal is expand from here. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, I myself are covering the SEC, except for Tennessee. But, you know, we're looking at um, other cities and um, places to go to, to to help service more of our clients. And so speaking of those clients, uh, let me also ask this follow-up question. What are you – who are you looking to talk to? Who, who are you looking to expand to? Uh, what are some of the lines of work or some of the types of companies that – that you can see an opportunity to strengthen those relationships. And, and uh, let me let you give your elevator pitch because there's a lot of small business and large business owners listen to this show. Sure. So really it comes down to if anybody needs something, ship. if it doesn't move by itself, that's where we come into place. Uh, the type of companies that we look for is really, it comes down to medium-sized companies. Uh, we also work with large companies as well. Um, and I didn't touch on, there's so many 
avenues we go into. E-commerce is another large one for us that we actually do out of our warehouse uh, for Newton Baby, if anybody's ever worked with them. So their product comes in, we actually package it and then send it out, out the way for them. Uh, but it comes down to people that are looking for a true partnership. Um, if you're looking for just uh, a very price-driven and price-leading company, we won't be the right fit. Um, like Again, like I said, when things go wrong, not if, but when things go wrong, you know, we want to be the first ones to tell you that it's happened. The second part of it is, you know, if you call our, our number, it's not a 1-800 line, it's an actual office number, and you will get a hold of a person. So with that, you know, there, there comes a lot of labor that's involved with it, tracking and tracing, knowing where all the shipments are at all the time, uh, working 24-7. So there's a lot that goes into that. And that goes back to that 90, you know, the general manager here who said 90% of it is communication. We can talk about communication, but the fact that you actually have a real phone number and a real person on the other end of that, that speaks to some a level of communication that's diminishing uh, in, in the business world at this point. Absolutely. And, you know, technology does help us out. But, Absolutely. But the way we look at it is that technology is there to heighten us. Mm-hmm. It's not to replace people. Mm. Yeah, I think it's funny in the world we live in now when you actually get a person on the other line. You're like, whoa, you're surprised. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> um, before we let you go, uh, Seth, business development manager is your, your title, your role there. So how are you getting business? How, how are you finding that new business for your company? You know, other than coming on business, other Radio than coming X. on business Radio X, um, honestly, um, I'm great, and I'm so glad that networking has, has come back into play. Um, really, what it boils down to is building relationships over time. Um, in my industry, it's, very, it's it's not very contractual, but it's very easy for some for me to go in and walk away with a couple of orders. That, that can happen, but I don't expect it every time. Uh, more of it has to do with. Um, the outreach, um, still phone calls, emails, yeah. and even stop-ins now again. I think our producer, Amanda, did you have a question back there, Amanda? No, no. Is there anything that you don't transport? Hmm. Livestock? Uh, that was probably the one Cryptocurrency? Thing <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm sure totally... if you'd be able to move that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist in the physical world. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I apologize. No, the, actually, the, the answer to that is really not. But So, so tactical pens... You Te- can move technical those. Technical pens, we can move those. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, if you need a pen to break glass, I, I know a guy. <laughs> know a guy. Uh, for those, Seth, that would like to know more about your company and look into using your services, uh, what's the best way to find out more about Platinum Cargo Logistics? So, honestly, the best way is to go to our website. It's platinumcargo.com. Um, and from there, you can go to the different um, stations, um, including here in Atlanta, and be able to reach us through that. Great. Do you want to give any contact information for yourself? Sure. Uh, reach out to me directly and become one of my great clients. Uh, you can reach me on my cell phone, which is 678-588-9762. Yeah. So, you know, if they call, I want you to get credit and, you know, as the business development manager. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all. Seth Elrod with Premium p- Premium Platinum Cargo Logistics. They are your... They are your premium <laughs> logistics company. Yep, premium uh, third-party business logistics, development manager. Also known as Platinum Cargo Logistics. By the way, if Seth had not given his phone number at the end of that interview, that would have been incredibly disappointing that he said, oh, you call, you get a real person, and then not give his phone number. <laughs> I'm so glad he followed through with his commitment uh, of, of what they talk about. So they practice what they preach. Uh, speaking of practicing what you preach, let's uh, remind everybody that uh, our show is brought to you by uh, Regions Bank. Regions Bank is here to help your business's financial future stay on track. Regions Commercial Banking has a team of experienced bankers in Gwinnett who can guide you in all areas of growth. Get the resources you need so every step can move you closer to your business goals. To learn more, 
Visit regions.com forward slash commercial dash banking. Regions Bank. Member FDIC. A big thank you to our guests, Michael Zellickson with Regions Bank and Seth Elrod with Platinum Cargo Logistics. Also, a thank you, Amanda, for producing. A reminder, you can listen to the show anytime you want. We're on all of the uh, podcast platforms. I was looking what for was that. I was looking for the little sign that had everything listed out, like iTunes and iHeartRadio. And you and needed that in order to say podcast I platforms? Think of the word, I couldn't think of the word podcast. Are you scared of my tactical pen? You know, it's been like show and tell today. I can't wait till the next show to see what you bring in. Also, remember to follow us on social media. Uh, I'm sure Amanda will have a great post about the uh, tactical pen. Whatever I bring in the next show will have been shipped to me by Platinum Cargo Logistics. There you go. Nice. Well done. And if I have to buy something overseas and I'm worried about what it costs, I will deal with Michael Zellickson, and he will help me get a great exchange rate and hedge my risk on that purchase. All right. While we're out, while we're on top right now, we'll just end it right there. Except go to at Gwinnett Radio X on your favorite social media On all social of our media social platforms. media. Thank you for Steve and I. Mike, and we'll see you next time here on Gwinnett Business Radio, brought to you by Regions Bank, member FDIC.